0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash w-t-f <laughs> all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fucking ears what the fucksters what the fuckadelics what's happening i'm mark Marin. this is my podcast wtf thank you for tuning in i appreciate it how's it going Hey, you know, if it's, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm recording this the day before. So, uh, Thursday, if there's still time, as there is, call your senators. Call your senators. Email them. Do whatever you need to do to voice your disapproval of rushing this heinous, murderous healthcare repeal bill through Congress, through the Senate. Do it. You don't want to see your neighbors die because they can't, uh, Get health insurance or they lose the stuff they got? Do you just want to watch your neighbors and co workers and friends or people that work for you or people you know just all of a sudden lose all hope because it's pulled out from under them? For what reason? For what reason? This is America. We should be the best, not the fucking most embarrassing shit show circus on the planet. If anybody's feeling extraordinarily uh, excited and proud of what we're going through as a country right now, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with you. I really don't. I know you probably don't like me, but man, man, where's your humanity? Where's your fucking class? Where's your dignity? Where's your national pride? What a fucking shit show you just don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next and you don't know when it's going to be all over because all of a sudden it's not about the country anymore it's just about protecting a narcissistic spiteful lunatic who wants who does not give shit number 1 about the United States of America zero shits he gives all about himself you guys just keep being proud to protect him yeah yeah that's good that's what that what's america all about Oh, protecting a lunatic from himself great yeah what a vision for the future how's it going are you all right we got a big show today i'm not gonna ramble on too much i thought i'd just get you know give a chipper little nudge to stay active and anybody who thinks it's not that it's a liberal or conservative issue, healthcare, you're you're out of your mind. You think this is some sort of wrestling show that ends in the apocalypse? Yeah, the world's greatest heel, the last great heel. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I now like I see like right there. You felt that pause. Fell right down. Fell right down the, the ditch. Right down the rabbit hole of of horrendous darkness it's always right there it's like hovering beside you now what's that next to you oh that is a uh, that's uh, i thought that was an invisible tunnel to hell no 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 it's not we're all going through it we're all it's all the yeah all of us the entire world being sucked through a selfish tunnel to hell hey but uh, if you're proud and excited godspeed if you're terrified and angry speak up make those phone calls hit those streets god damn all right on a lighter note I uh, got an email here uh subject line you just got better without trying Mark, a few days ago, I had a three-hour drive up north to run the San Francisco Marathon. I had a few unlistened-to episodes of WTF on deck, but I wanted to save those for the marathon and decided to try another top-rated podcast through iTunes. It sucked. Tried another. It was boring. Tried a third. The guy was being overly dramatic for the subject matter. I've listened to most of your 800-plus episodes while running, and they helped the miles slip past. I've been growing concerned that you might hang it up soon because you're sounding a bit over it. If you stop, I may quit running and get fat. That's on your shoulders. Thanks for all of your effort, Soren. I'm not over the podcast. I'm a bit over almost everything, pal. I'm just trying to get by like the rest of you. Is. But no, yeah, I'm not gonna let you get fat, pal. And I wish I could apply that to me listening to podcast thing to uh to me getting out and running. I'm exercising, I'm not running enough. But what you know what? Who Who cares? Big show today. Can't ramble on too long. Got two guests. Got a shorty and a longy. Got Joe Mandy coming up, who I love. Joe Mandy, the very funny comedian. And then David Allen Greer, one of the funniest people alive, coming up. Joe Mandy has been on this show before, and he's a very funny guy, a very bright guy. I was happy. That he came over. I like talking to Joe. Uh, he has a new stand up special called Joe Mandy's award winning stand up special that is now streaming on Netflix. And he stopped by here. He stopped by the garage to chat a little bit. This is me and the, uh, the sharp and funny Joe Mandy. Andy,
1: it's no place good, Joe. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing great. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Me it's too. Like, I, it's a uh, it's the the it's a hellscape everywhere, but like my it's immediate a, surroundings.
0: Yeah, very. Uh, but you know, a little. It's probably a little. The per, the perimeter is probably bigger than just immediate surroundings, yeah. but. But if you are engaged and you are paying attention, uh, you 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 feel a little shitty about having a, uh, feeling okay about yourself. Yeah, yeah. But I always had that in my head though. Like I, I I've talked about that a bit on stage where there's always been part of me, no matter how good things are, mm-hmm. which ha- they haven't been this good for me personally ever. Uh-huh. But there's always part of me that wants to be like, nah, but it's still kind of fucked. Right. But now it's like it
1: is. You know, it's not. I'm not making it up. No. It, it's kind of fucked. No, it's super fucked. Yeah. It's, it's like cartoonish scary how evil yeah things so it's like it's like this is hack like if if someone pitched some of this stuff i mean yeah. like, this is too this is too much but what are you what have you been up to you coming over on a saturday i assume you're writing somewhere yeah i'm writing on a show called the good place right now it, um on nbc oh wait what, who's in that? That's Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. Are oh, right. Two stars. Yeah. Ted Danson is a part of my daily life, which is, which is <laughs> cool. It's the coolest. But, is he a good uh, guy? He's yeah. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. It was a relief. You. That's the type of person you just hope when you don't know, right? Yeah. You really don't. But he's like he's a person his like reputation precedes him right like you just like okay well we'll see and then it's it's all true he's the the coolest
0: oh that's great yeah it's so uh it's so bizarrely disappointing to uh to identify with or know somebody your whole life on
1: television yeah and then they're just fucking monsters (laughs) i know it's a it's the it's it's a very like particular (laughs) sadness that's hard you know because you know you don't want to like tell people about it you want people to just like continue yeah. believing that well that's the weird thing that you learn in show business is that you
0: know some people are uh you know it's a degree you, you know it's it's a sad thing about how connected everybody is because there is an element of like you know respecting somebody's work and then realizing they're an asshole mm-hmm. but you know party is like no i gotta tell everybody <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> no i pl- yeah i definitely right? have
1: no trouble telling yeah but no, now no, it's sort mean. of
0: like oh fuck yeah. you, you got to fight uh, the the urge to tell every uh, the world
1: it's mostly like uh it's like when you go home and you're hanging out with people from high school right right or whatever right. and they're like
0: what's going on so you know so and so yeah
1: Then you are like yeah he's cool yeah
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: right you know cuz it's like what's the point of i yeah. i have to be careful uh,
0: with it because i've been I, i've been pretty diplomatic the last few years mm-hmm but now that like I feel okay about myself, that's when I, I start to, to say the I start throwing people in the right, bus. Right, right, right. But not in a bad way, and not my friends necessarily, but like you
1: learn in show business, it's sort of like just, you know, be nice and yeah. you know, say like, Yeah, that guy's pretty good. I wish and, I had that in me. I have a couple friends who, you know, can go like they'll be at a party where yeah. everyone is talking right. shit, and then yeah. you like go home, and you're like, "Oh, that person didn't say a single thing. They laughed and nodded, but made nothing. Shit nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Did. And then you like, how do I trust uh, that guy? I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I start talking shit about that. Yeah, guy. what's up with that yeah. dude?
0: What's he gonna say about? Uh, what is it? Is this new special? Because I know you wanted me to do something for it, and I yeah. didn't, and I didn't, and I'm sorry. No, it's fine. no, I I know it was. What it's was the good. angle? What did you what what makes it different? Because I know there was uh it's not it's not just a straight stand up special. It party.
1: is. I mean there is it's an hour stand up. It's sort of bookended with this sketch stuff that I wrote that Oh yeah. Sort of the the premise of the sketch stuff is that I'm trying to uh I'm trying to do perform like the perfect special. Yeah. So I'm getting the first part is like I'm getting advice from You know, uh, oh, okay, okay. So, some from peers and from heroes, yes exactly. And then, um, and then it's the special. And I'm trying, I'm building it's all building up to this award show called the American Humor Awards. And then when the special ends, then we shot, we actually shot the fake award show. It's a fake award show, yeah, it's not a real thing. (laughs) I mean, it's it's super, we made it look like the Oscars mixed with like the Mark Twain prize, (laughs) yeah, it's really stupid. Um, (laughs) yeah but I reached out to you. I reached out to a couple people it was you know and it was like the first time I've ever kind of ever felt like a yeah, producer doing anything? Because I was just like desperately yeah, just yeah. trying to like. Who'd come, you get? Uh, for that for that particular bit, it was uh George Wallace and Bo Burnham are the two people giving. Wow, me that's it. But, a, yeah, that, those are. But that's outside the box. That's good. Yeah. And then yeah. George was man. They're both they're both so funny in it. Yeah, but it was like uh, George is something. Yeah, he really is. was. He wearing his beret? <laughs> of course he was. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't always wear it. I don't know no. when that started happening. It's, I remember him pre beret. The main bit in the special, yeah. is that um. I'm performing my special for the, like, the Council of Judges for the the award show. So, like, there are a few cutaways to these, like, very, like, prestigious-looking judges. So, like, they're, like, taking notes. But that's 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 interesting. So, you you know, you made it, you created a narrative outside of
0: the stand-up. Right. But it's not, I
1: hope, you know, from what... From my perspective, I didn't think it like was distracting at Well,
0: all. you're a great stand-up and you're a great joke writer. And it's like one of those things where when I see you on Conan or something, mm. I'm like, this guy's so good. But, you know, you definitely
1: have, you're a writer. Yeah. And and how, how's that struggle going? I mean, the right idea. now it's just sort of bipolar. Like, I spend, like, six months or so writing on yeah. whatever. And then we'll just spend the rest of the year, like, touring and... Now, did you get married? I did, yeah. How long ago was that? A couple years ago. Really? Yeah. I
0: haven't talked to you that long in any way.
1: Yeah. How's the marriage? Good, yeah. Do you have a kid? No kid. I mean, we have two dogs we treat like children. Sure. Yeah. And and uh, what does she do? Is she in show business? Uh, she is not. She works for the ASPCA. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you, does she do like... Uh, hands-on stuff um sometimes uh, she's mostly does like marketing and uh for aspca yeah and like copywriting copywriting. and and they and what what
0: is what do they what do they do exactly
1: um i mean they have a lot of it seems like they have they have uh shelters in new york yeah but they also have these they fund these task forces Uh to break up like dog fighting rings and cock fighting rings oh really like yeah, like you know those stories where you hear about like hoarders who have like twelve, 12 cats. cats or oh. like like horses that are just you know I skeletons. Was, the hoarder,
0: yeah, the ones where they find the cats in the garbage. Yeah, I mean, like I, the, you know just like the the bones, <laughs>
1: right? And yeah, then, the then like the lady, pancakes. Yeah, yeah, and the ladies like I wondered what right. happened. Right. I mean, that's sort of like it's mostly like when they it's like usually bigger cases oh, yeah. where like they have to bring in like s- they essentially have like a SWAT team on call to like for like people with 50 cats yeah it's nuts yeah oh my god I do oh, no, know I don't really she, she's also like uh she gets these phone calls that are like confidential and then she can't tell me but she'll be like Top uh secret uh, yeah something that... about is about to happen I'm yeah it's and it, does it break in the news yeah, sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, it's crazy. There's some shit going There was down. a crazy thing a couple, like a last year where she, she had to go to North Carolina for a week because there were so many animals at this place that they raided that they had to like essentially rent out an airport hangar. And just, like, there was, like, hundreds of animals. And of just, all different kinds? Yeah, until they could, like, figure out where to put them all. Just, like, oh my god, hands on deck, people flying in from all over the country to, like... ASPCA forces. Yeah, yeah. She was, like, cleaning out cat <laughs> Got a suburban <laughs> zoo issue. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. It's there's, crazy. There's a place in North Carolina where they have tigers, the tiger rescue. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's crazy. I went to uh We went to a uh, ostrich farm in oh, yeah? Solvang recently. In Solvang? Yeah. Wow, just a visit? We were there for a wedding, but then, you know, we had a day to kill in Solvang. It's so like seeing dinosaurs. It really is. It's like <laughs> the lamest Jurassic Park. But they, they are freaky, and they just eat food out of your hands. They're, they're giant birds. They're giant birds, and they run in a very funny fashion. It's a, they're real dinosaurs. They are, yeah. It's
0: wild. What do they? They, are they farm them up there or I mean the meat? don't really know i mean it like what else are you going to use it for what would you have an ostrich farm for people eat ostrich meat yeah I don't think were, they were they really... were selling
1: ostrich jerky but they also had like ostrich eggs signed by chloe kardashian that was like in a glass case so maybe oh, that's important that is yeah <laughs> <laughs> well how's now what's going on with the uh, with the
0: twitter feed what were you doing you were retweeting uh, you made a know. career out of retweeting thing yeah what was that what was the angle on that again just corporate I, retweets. I did that for a while. What now, was it?
1: What was it though? Them doing I, I used to have fun on um like nine eleven. Like nine eleven corporate tweets oh, was, yeah. A, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um uh gun gun manufacturers often awesome. tweet funny stuff on holidays. Uh-huh. Uh now I'm just like I'm so deep into like Trump Yeah. like idiot universe yeah. that yeah. i I like I feel filthy. Like I have. I I've pulled out totally. No, oh, I'm fully in. I can't. I can't. Do you fight with Nazis? Oh yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like it, it's very strange to just become completely desensitized to like seeing your face being shoved into a oven. an oven by a cartoon frog or whatever. So <laughs> like, yeah, okay.
0: You are desensitized.
1: Totally. One thousand. I didn't, It does nothing. <laughs> yeah. Did was there a point where it did? I mean, it's, 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 when you, it's, uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, monologue when he hosted SNL yeah. is just like, we have a internet troll as president. Like, that's what it is. And so, like, it's just trolling. Like, I don't, like, yeah, right. it doesn't really affect me. If it, if it were, I don't know, if they, if it were something else, maybe it would affect me, but I'm sort of desensitized to Do that. you
0: find that, well, let me ask you this, because what happened with me and Twitter was that you know once he took office, I was like, "I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. done feeding this. I don't want to fight. It, de- it is taxing to me. yeah, I'm not desensitized. Yeah, it's not so much I take it personally, but it's sort of like it takes up energy. it causes me aggravation because even if I'm being desensitized towards you know horror is one thing, but engaging in emotional fighting, mm-hmm. like I the idea that you're going to
1: win no yeah i mean like when I, you say like am i fighting with nazis not really like i'm i don't really respond to people that oh, often yeah. right like, I, it's mostly like uh i'm i you'll well, tweet something out and you will see it. Come make back. fun of something like donald trump jr says right. or whatever yeah, right Seb gorka or right. any of those people yeah. yeah i haven't heard his
0: name in a while um but yeah i just i was like i'm not feeding this anymore i feel you i mean like i I, I feel better, dude. I have more time. That's great. Like, it's not, you know, I don't, I'm not great sitting with myself, mm-hmm. but it's a nice to know that, that, uh, that that's still
1: operative. I know. I mean, it's <laughs> super unhealthy. It really is. And I'm like, I just vacillate between like just the darkest part of, like, Trump, yeah. Twitter, and then, like, to get relief, I will then just read, like, NBA trade rumors. And that's, like, what makes me happy. It's, like, one of the few things in the world. <laughs> so it's just, like, it's either basketball that makes me happy or just, like, I'm just, like, going back and forth. But
0: in the big picture, do you feel, as an intelligent person who fights a good fight, do you feel that
1: that Twitter is doing anything good? No. I mean, well, the thing is, and the... the, the not that it's like a noble fight because it's not stupid but there is something to the fact that like this is the medium that the president has chosen to be his like his lifeline to his people right so So you gotta you gotta operate you gotta be dragged down to his level that's a a unique
0: thing it's like we're all being dragged down to the president's it's crazy
1: yeah um But I, you know, there are, there are, I actually just recently, (laughs) I paid some website like $12 to just delete all my old tweets from like anything older than like two years ago or something. And they do that? Yeah. I don't know how, but it's just like, I was just like, I don't need a like permanent, I don't need like some, like whatever I was yelling at 10 years or 2010 to like haunt me later. Right. So yeah, just... Well, I think that it's
0: interesting because sometimes I'll look at Twitter. I don't like, and occasionally I'll answer questions, but I primarily use it for promo now yeah. and, and like I'll answer questions sometimes if I'm, um, but I used to be locked into it. Like, you know, you'd spend hours there, you know, and now I do think that it does good because sometimes I get, I learn things first there, like, cause you're not, I'm not tapped into every news site. Right. And sometimes, sometimes someone will tweet something like, "Oh fuck. Right. That happened. Yeah. And also, I think that, you know, organizing, I think sometimes it's proactive and it helps. And it seems to me that the hashtag President
1: Bannon actually got up Trump's ass. Seemed like it, it more more the magazine cover. So oh, that was that was it. Had. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's that's how you get in. That's how you, you something that gets ratings. Yeah, it's, like, it's literally like whoever's on the cover of Time magazine. Is, That'll do it. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a fucking child. Yeah, yeah. There's some big problems, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I I I really don't know. You know, it's never a dull moment. I've never like, I've never felt this like embarrassed before. I you know, know? like even when like I know, Bush it's... was president, I didn't feel like I could like I would I could travel abroad and you know not feel like embarrassed. You, yeah, with Bush, you were sort of like I it, I yeah. I didn't I, I didn't know. do yeah, that. I don't know. Yeah, but, right. Yeah. But this guy, it's sort of like oh my god. Yeah. My favorite thing is to talk to people about like yeah, you hate Trump. Everyone hates Trump mm. in my world. Yeah, um, but it's like I love finding out who's who's like the second person. You know, because some days for me is Jared Kushner. Like I obsess over Jared Kushner. He makes me crazy. Uh-huh. And then sometimes it's you know Jeff Sessions or whoever. But it's like Bannon. Bannon. Bannon's, Bannon's yours. Yeah, yeah, you're a Bannon guy.
0: I'm a Bannon guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like you know, I was a Bannon Stephen Miller guy, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. He seems Stephen Miller seems to have. You know, found his way, you know, up Jared's ass. Sure. Somehow. Sure. This weird alignment between, you know, white supremacists and and, and uh, grandchildren of Holocaust yeah, survivors. Yeah, orthodox Jews. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's, it's, it's it, I unbelievable.
0: Don't, I don't know what's happening at that level. But, uh, all right, so when's the special on? Uh, July 25th. Okay. Yeah. And your dogs are good? Dogs are great. Your wife is good? Yeah. You're happy with the special? I think so. Well, do you, do you, do you get that weird thing where you
1: like, you know, like, but I'm a stand-up, not a writer. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that I'm working through those issues in the, <laughs> in the special itself. Just good. like the way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like, totally. I, yeah. I mean, the money's
0: good with writing. You're, you're, you're in a good environment. Mm-hmm. You like the show you're on, you yeah. go pitch jokes, but in your heart,
1: you're a stand up. Yes. And then there are times where like, I'll be on the road for three weeks. Yeah. And I'm alone ordering like Domino's pizza and some awful place. And it's like I should like go. I should be at my job. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> Is this so, the quality of yeah, life right. I'm looking forward to? Right. I don't know. So I mean, I'm I'm still trying to figure out like the right balance. I definitely feel like I'm I'm sort of half of both or whatever. Well,
0: yeah, but the you know you know in your heart and your mind that like no matter how bad it's going to get over there at the office, I got WGA health insurance. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. I got a pretty steady paycheck as long as the show's on right, there, air yeah. right that shit makes a difference yeah it does <laughs> totally <laughs> yeah all right well it's good talking to you joe good talking to you all right as i mentioned joe mandy that was joe mandy his new stand-up special called joe mandy's award-winning stand-up special is now streaming on netflix go enjoy that david Allen greer Wow. Dag. He's been around for a long time and he's always been fucking funny. Always been funny from living color to the movies, to being on Broadway, to being on the radio, to the Carmichael show to, I mean, he's just, yeah, he's been around a long time too, man. And we don't really know each other. We might've met, I think we met once, but I was excited to talk to him. He has a new show on GSN called Snap Decisions. It premieres Monday, August seventh. The series finale of the Carmichael Show airs August ninth on NBC. I do want to make clear that when I talked to him, I did not know that the show had been canceled. And he, he told me after. <laughs> I don't know. But uh I was sad to hear that. I liked it. But we talked about everything. I you know, there's a lot of stuff, you know, he he had quite a life and he was uh, you know. He wanted to be an actor, and he's a great actor, but he's also one of the funniest guys around. This is me and David Allen Greer talking here in the garage. You know, if Trump wanted to play by the same rules as Obama. Well, what are
3: the rules?
0: we get final cut they don't get to Ah, vet questions they you know like i mean he's pretty good like that i am not Mm -hmm. sure what i would do with him or what point it would serve because
3: Um, i just think you'd have to just turn the thing on and just i know
0: but what are you gonna get you know what you know what trump just him i know but he gives that all the time and it's all bullshit and you know it's like you know what if if i i can get to the core of it i mean i grew up with a narcissistic dad i know what's in there <laughs> i know it's at the core of that personality yeah my a whole dad, lot of fuck you
3: a, a psychiatrist
0: oh really yeah so <laughs> so what what do you make of it what do well, you make of your dad being a psychiatrist
3: well he just passed well he didn't just pass he passed away about yeah. a year ago and um what do i make of it most of my he never got psychiatric on me Yeah, you know, because that's that like, that you know the, of well, uh, yeah, okay, but uh, uh except for one time. Uh-huh. But it's not because I think the perception is uh the routine comeback is your father's psychiatrist. Yeah. Well, did he analyze you? No. That day-to-day was not uh I think you're let's use our words. Oh, right, you know, right. No, he was just like sit down, shut up, you know, like a normal parent. Except for one time when I was like, you know, feeling myself. I said, "Dad, what's the <clears throat> what's the definition of insanity? And he just looked at me and smirked. He goes, yeah. it means nothing. It is a legal definition. Like, you right. idiot. Right. Shut up. Yeah, what are you talking Get about? Get out of the car. I'll pick you <laughs> up at five. And I was like, oh,
0: words are weapons. I, I think that the, the generally it seems to me that the, the common thing about being the kid of a psychiatrist is uh, is that they're always a little weird. Well, Yeah. I married the child of a psychiatrist.
3: Well, then, then and you
0: know. uh, but she wa- she didn't strike me as weird. But then I knew some other kids, and they seemed weird. But I don't know why yeah. that would be. Maybe that's something we project onto people. Your dad's a shrink. You're it was weird. always
3: projected on me. You know, it was, sh- yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, he passed away. My, yeah, my father died, and I we just got these papers, all this stuff of this writing that he did uh, a long time ago about his life. It was kind of like I don't know what it was unpublished. For. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're just private, you know, musings. Like he had had a series of questions. Clearly this is an elongated biography. My father also was an author, so I don't know at what time, yeah. uh or right. whatever. But he would always use any kind of method to yeah. write. Yeah. But the point being is as an African American uh, going to med school and desiring to become a psychiatrist at that time, I think there were one or two other black uh, right. uh, students in med school at Michigan, and so that's what was incredible. And you know, studying at the Minninger Clinic and this it and that. Was it the
0: manager Clinic? That's I a big believe, one.
3: Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. And it was. So it's uh, a
0: completely unique experience. He's writing about. They had yes. To be one of two or three African Americans. Yes, absolutely. Who- so that must have been why wa- so it talks about his challenges, maybe he to- he,
3: he he talks about it. right. but but more, it was um, you know, by rote, but there was some insight, meaning, as a young student, yeah, you know, or as, yeah. A, as a resident, uh, faced with um probably ninety nine point nine percent Caucasian men, right uh, uh, just how do you get ahead? And I, you know, I mean, I know my father told me, he said, well, I really didn't have a choice. If you wanted to be your own boss and you were a person of color, you had to be a doctor, lawyer, dentist, or else you're working for a, uh, someone who's white, who will subjugate you
0: or a shop owner of some kind. Yes, exactly. Right, so right. you had
3: to go into business for yourself. And so that was the whole aim. So, so it wasn't necessarily
0: been, a passion to, uh, to you think that it was well it must have been no my show father psychiatry. was psychiatry that's not like when you're thinking about i want to go into business i didn't know. go into it i wasn't <laughs> smart enough that's it, that seems like a lot to put in you know you got to put in the medical school oh, yeah. the internship the in, residency all
3: in 1940 it. something that's you crazy know? so yeah 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 like like what were you thinking and so my dad is and was the smartest person I ever knew I mean I think he went to college and he was like 16 and you know he's brilliant oh yeah he's really smart so how much of this writing is there uh well um, i found two copies my brother and i uh i think my father's just widow. yeah no my sister uh-huh. i'm the youngest yeah um uh, but but we found these papers they were given to us you know from his widow who's cleaning out stuff you guys right. might want to yeah but two or th- two different copies of the same thing most of it is family history you know my uh, uh like my my grandmother was born in 1900 and I remember, uh, you know, a ritual when I was with my grandmother. Uh, yeah. When I was very little, we'd sleep, you know, do a sleepover. And I see grandmother tell me about when you were a little girl, uh-huh. and she would always start with these sweet stories. And it was like, and then that boy was lynched, and they cut his tongue out and <laughs> no. hung him by his penis. Anyway, who wants a cookie? You know, I'm like, uh, ooh. But, you know, as a kid, I, I just was fascinated. I, it was like hearing about the Wild West. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. You know, so so uh, as I got older, then I realized this is not just an adventure. This is reality. It's exactly. Yeah, and it's yeah. racist and hate-filled. You know, as a child, it's just the adventure. Like uh, yeah. when the stagecoach was you know raided by the Indians. That's what it sounded well, like. You you well,
0: know? you can't connect it to reality until you put no. things into context. It's just a horrible story. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it sounds like your dad intended to publish this thing if there were two copies of it.
3: It ain't getting published now. <laughs> Don't even know you're already. So this is a painting that you found on the back of a masterpiece. No, but it does. You know, I have a daughter. Why can't you publish it? You could well, publish it. Is it, it does he it have were, a following? What was he wrote a, a book? A 89. Book. Yeah, he had a big following in 68. Yeah, 1968. Know? Oh, yeah. But my father was the radical to, you know, he 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 and my mom. They got a divorce. He left. Yeah. he moved out to San Francisco. Right. The summer before the summer of love. So, right. So he was on the couch. Hip- the, hip- the hip- so that.
0: that was just the, the summer of, of racial bullshit.
3: Yes, well, before the summer of 12, it was just like 10 years
0: of horrible racial tension.
3: Well, we had driven out. I remember one uh, summer vacation. My brother just reminded me of this. Like, we're kids in Detroit. We went to Disneyland. I was like nine years old. We drove across country and every stop, you know, once we got to Amarillo, Texas, that was the first stop. You know, my father would come back to the car. Uh, guys, they don't like Negroes, so let's keep our voice. Boys, stay in the car, please. Yeah. Jeffrey, put your put your skateboard down. Let's just listen with our ears. So there was a lot of that. But as kids, yeah. I remember my brother and I, we'd go to these motels. There'd be yeah. these white kids in the pool. We'd jump in the pool. They ran out. No. And I'm like, let's go chase them. My brother was like, man, get your motherfucking ass <laughs> in the car. They hate you, you big head. You know, and you'd punch me. But to me, it was like, no, man, let's go make them play with us. You still didn't get it. No. To this day, I do <laughs> not. I can't do it. I, I'm right. telling you the yeah, truth, right, Danny? Um,
2: uh, Danny yeah. McBride.
3: I'm at the airport early yeah. in the morning. We, I see him, you know, and yeah. I just go over there and introduce myself. We're on the same flight, yeah. Whatever. Two days later, I get an offer to do this film. And I typed to my email on my, on my 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 agent I'm like, "That is so crazy because you know Danny and I were on the same flight, and I introduce myself, and I get this offer: The universe is bananas, and there was a silence, and then it's like, yeah, he said that, and he met you." <laughs> then he gave you the <laughs> offer. I said, "But well, yeah, but well, what's the connection though? There is none. It's just providence." You know, I still didn't get it. I still
2: didn't. A, yes, a, idiot. So you, that's you, why you got the
3: offer. You so you, that's that's
0: great. You live in a magical world.
2: <laughs> if you're lucky, Dense. Yeah, you, you, you everything is magic
0: to you.
3: <laughs> but then there was like maybe I shouldn't verbalize. I should just internalize so they don't realize what kind so, of but you know.
0: I'm kind of interested in the yeah. the
3: idea. So your dad moves to San Francisco? Oh, yeah, okay, so I'm going to bounce around a lot. In 1968? So, well, no, here's what it went down. You know, my parents, I remember there was a family meeting, and yeah. my mom and dad's like, you know, your father and I are having problems, and we want you to know. This was very psychiatric when I think back. We want you kids to Progressive. Die. It's yeah. not your fault. Right. It is our uh, issue that yeah. we're going to work through, right. and uh, we're not getting a divorce. And it was like, that's the word. Like, what is a divorce? These are the words I learned as a child. What is assassination? How is assassination different than murder? Then I was told, you know, when Kennedy and all that. So divorce, what is divorce? You know, right. uh, and they told us, and then they, anyway, we told all our friends, we're supposed to move to California. We packed up. Yeah. My father goes ahead. And that was it. You know, he writes to my mom a letter, uh, by the way, you're not joining us. So that's how it went down. Yeah. Very classic 60s yeah. D- divorce. Yeah. And uh, so he got a waterbed, uh, a dashiki,
0: mm-hmm. you know, he uh-huh. was, he was, come on, uh-huh. he was like a uh, midlife
3: uh-huh. crisis. It's the 60s. Some
0: African art and posters. Not
3: African no, art. No. But he did like, you know, the, the peripheral <laughs> Black Panther stuff, you know. He sure.
0: have one of these uh, Afro rakes. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I remember (laughs) my
3: father taking us to the barbershop. Yeah. Cut these boys' hair in (laughs) an afro. You are not colored, you black. You know, I was like, oh, okay. He made the jump. Oh, yeah. So when Obama was, like, elected, my father was like... Fuck him. He's not black enough. He should be telling all these white folks, kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And that would have wanna... helped out. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dad, he could do that, but he's probably not going to be president. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to hear it. He
0: but so, so it. Did, did you. So you went back and forth from Detroit to, to San Francisco when, as a kid? or like? Well,
3: you're... we went to visit my dad. We, I, we would see him. So like you live once with your mom? a year. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was absolutely. But I remember going to visit him. So you got to imagine this. It was. Sixty-eight As in crazy. San Francisco, a circus. Oh my God! Not- we yeah, we get off the plane and my father goes, "I'm going to take you to People's Park." And we're mm-hmm. like, you know, you got to hear this. This is our political education. We're like, yeah. What kind of park is this? Yeah. You know, There's a fence around it, and there are no there are <laughs> no-, no toys. <laughs> where yeah. the where are the swings? Yeah. You know, my <laughs> father's like the toys are in your mind.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, man. Okay, you're yeah, still. yeah,
3: Then he takes us to the Black Panther headquarters, and we see the hippies, and we're just like, you uh, want? To- he took know, you to Oakland. Yes, uh-huh. that was a tourist yeah. spot, and for, for your dad, like, here's yes, here is the Panthers. Yeah, we got there the day that Bobby Hutton, who was a 16-year-old Black Panther, uh-huh. was murdered by the police. Okay, it was his funeral. So, and we were like, "Now you're taking us to a funeral? What the fuck is this? You know, where is Disneyland? Yeah. So that was uh, that was my life, you know. And, and then going back to Detroit, you know, my dad had this huge book. What book uh, was it? It was called Black Rage.
0: Do, did he? That was that his turn. Did he yes? That I,
3: you have to Google it before I say yes. I don't want to you know put my foot in it. But it became sure whatever it was, it became popularized by this book. This book was a, a huge bestseller. What was it about? It was the black rage defense, meaning you, Mark, and your forefathers yeah. have subjugated and oppressed me so much yeah. that if I stab the fuck out of you right now, that's because of my inherent built in black rage. Well, you had family in Eastern Europe? <laughs> don't man i see what you're trying to do what trying. no but i mean that's part of it but, my you know, people were helping you exactly I no know. i have a jewish friend she goes so what my great-grandmother was raped by the cossacks <laughs> right. we all have a across we, we tried <laughs> to make up for it we were down exactly. there we got you the voting thing we were down no, there no but i mean so I, i'm you have to read it yeah but, because one of the things my did father you read did, it of course No. one of the things my father did for the rest of his life is like you know he he hated when that book was used as a legal defense. Yeah. He hated like professional psychiatrists, you know, uh, DeAndre yeah. severed Mark's head because uh, he <laughs> felt <laughs> oppressed by his white presence. Yeah. You know, he didn't like all that stuff. <laughs> he, you know, like, so
0: so he was he saw it more as an academic thing as uh, as, as opposed to a practical defense I, 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 for I any crime know. a black person might commit
3: that's one aspect but yeah. he also didn't like people moving when he talked so but you put them all together <laughs> literally, was, literally. He, was he a clinical psychiatrist like yes.
0: so he had an office people would come over yes
3: yes yes but but he had an office and it was very 60s because i remember going down to visit him so it had like, in detroit yes yeah. there was a downtown yeah. plaza that was very hip it's called lafayette park yeah and when he moved there he had another office in downtown detroit like the book building which uh-huh. was just you know right yeah. in downtown but he moved to this new office he had the double door the couch it looked like a fucking James Bond movie and you know mm-hmm. the white chick was the secretary oh hello david uh-huh. i was like, yeah man this is it <laughs> this is Whoa. how you live hell yeah so right. over buick 225 is that that detroit that you
0: grew up in is it mm-hmm. gone i mean like what yeah. what part of like i know i you know, i hear things i don't want to judge i know that there's mm-hmm. some areas of De- detroit that are coming back i've performed outside of detroit but mm-hmm. but, but the, the, the 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 news out now is that you know detroit sort of
3: decimated all right listen i'm talking pre riot sure. early 60s detroit you know in our minds industrial we, like powerhouse fuck yeah man yeah. it was like the, cars. the city. Was before yeah, yeah. the japanese or uh-huh. europeans they we were king of the world glorious I mean, city fuck yeah it was like the fifth largest city in the world yeah. I and mean, in, in america rather yeah. and we thought I live in a cosmopolitan area. You went to private schools and very hip and cool, and this is the life, you know? So you went went to a private school? For a while, for a while. Like, when we were very young, I just got these pictures from, like, kindergarten, first to second grade, and it's me and a sea (laughs) of racists. (laughs) No, and a sea of, like, white kids. (laughs) You know, and there's, like, the one other... Were you wearing a little jacket? Oh, suit and tie. And I had this bolo-like... Uh It was really little kid stuff. So that's
0: that's it. Like, see, that's an interesting kind of upbringing in terms of like, you know, because I people make assumptions that there was Mm -hmm. a very healthy black middle class in Detroit when you were growing up. Yeah, that's that's it.
3: Well, we'll think about this. You know, the car companies when they were thriving. Yeah that was a very comfortable middle class existence that people could count on right from high school t- until retirement yeah so that was guaranteed these were post war union jobs yeah uh, african americans i mean that's why all of these black people were in chicago detroit i mean that's what attracted them initially yeah. is these jobs i think my grandmothers Brothers, So my grand uncles, you know, one comes, then the whole family comes. They Rob, have where jobs they from? here. They're Originally? from Mississippi by oh, way yeah. of Alabama. Uh-huh. So forget about it. If you're saying in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, Let's get the fuck out. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this is an actual life where yeah. we won't be oppressed and beaten and killed and lynched. So that's the scenario. Uh And very progressive. I yeah. mean, we went to, as a kid, you know, my father's friends, we all went to this, quote progressive really progressive school at mm-hmm. that time so that was the first kind of school i remember the school bus and all that stuff. oh yeah like yeah. what
0: progressive had not like a montessori school but just a integrated tolerant <laughs> yes. um uh, uh yes. kind of like this is the uh, this is the way democracy works kind oh of absolutely school. i remember
3: yeah. being brought into the auditorium and watching The assassination coverage of uh john f kennedy you know i think i was in first or second grade a 19 inch black and white television you do
2: you do
0: remember that
3: oh absolutely i remember our class we wrote sympathy letters to jackie kennedy yeah yeah of course they were graded and come on i'm not kidding you it, for years so they sent them out with a yes, b minus david, on them when david said i'm sorry that's a compound <laughs> word i'm there was no <laughs> yeah and it was marked up but yeah. i lost the letter i wish i could find it because it was
0: so that's like because you're a little older than me like i'm 53 i'm 47. oh i'm sorry i, missed, yeah. I must have misread 47 you look great
3: well thank you i just dyed <laughs> my mustache yes i'm 61. i'm 61. 61.
0: Mm-hmm. So you you do have memory like I was born the year that he got shot two months before yeah. he was shot I don't have any memory yeah. I have memories of Watergate but I and Vietnam War looking at the Watergate TV Watergate was
3: boring to me after like everyone it was just guys got shot. sitting
0: at microphones yeah. you know what I mean like uh, yeah, for hours right right but uh, but the Vietnam War I, hell I remember that on TV like it was terrifying I just remember guys in the jungle. Mm-hmm. you know like it just bad well, first news of
3: all i, I there's a kid one of my best friends around the block yeah his cousin teenage cousin went to vietnam so i'd never heard a word like vietnam it was like klingon to yeah. me. you know what i mean yeah. i was like what is a vietnam where is it and he said you know it's in asia yeah and he his cousin fought in spider holes and, and immediately I'm like, they have spider Spice- holes big bag? enough yeah. for people to crawl into in a place called Vietnam. I don't want to be there. Is that what they're fighting? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that it's was like- my <clears throat> introduction to it. But I remember watching- you, You've progressed to that one, haven't you? I mean, not much. <laughs> fake news. I'm all for it. Come on. Isn't that what we do every night? Yeah. yeah you live in magic land. Yes. Yeah. Yes, of course. There's no connection. Yeah. Mark, come on. Yeah. But I remember watching the draft. Yeah lottery right and my brother's number was 18 i think like he should have been on the first bus and he got out of it he's know? that much older than you he's four years older uh-huh. than me. so uh and it was like the end of the war like 70 71 yeah yeah right, right. That, that was
0: bad then because then they're they just shoveling oh, people yeah. to die yeah there was you know like if you got there that year these yeah. sort of like this is just about me yes. if you want me to go someplace i don't want to go i'm gonna shoot you oh
3: yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, well so You know, I'm talking about this because, for years, I thought my dad was so brilliant, he got my brother off. And (sighs) it wasn't until I was grown my dad goes, he had nothing to do with it. You know, my brother, like, you know, didn't bathe for like two weeks, you know, and just took a bunch of speed and walked in there talking crazy and they're like you sir yeah. may remain home <laughs> we're not going <laughs> exactly. exactly we don't need you we, we can, yeah.
0: and, and we don't know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly it seems like you understand
3: it <laughs> there's no connection yeah. sir
0: so where did you go to uh like how did it progress for you so what it, when you were a kid you grew mm-hmm. up in, an, in a nice life you yeah. know uh well educated good folks beautiful house same what was what did your mom do
3: she was just, well, I don't want to say just. She was, as a young child, yeah. until my father left, yeah. you know, uh, she was a housewife. Right. And then once the, the divorce, you know, he left, and then she went back to teaching, which she always hated, which I, I, it, there's a perverse comedy in there now. But she was just the... She Hated it, but she had to do it. She it was just like, she, Yeah, she was like a t- kindergarten teacher, and you know,
2: so and she
0: went back to that, hating, yeah, hating kids. Hating I mean, kids you know?
3: Well, I feel bad, but I mean, we were like, you know, when you're kids, you're yeah. like, dude, come on, man, I need Hot Wheels, let's go. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to hear about you know, <laughs> fulfillment. No, you're just like, <laughs> I am what's more important than me. Well, what was
0: your like, what were you aspiring to as as a kid? Like, when you uh, did, well, you're in a magic bubble, we've established <laughs> that. The, were I you, dare you? what? compelled you towards uh, uh, towards I, the arts
3: i love you know what i used to do when i was a little kid a yeah. back of boy's life or you know oh my god i haven't heard about that magazine yeah, in a while or, or like they had the boy's you, life yeah can you draw this fawn sure and right, i would do that like right, there was yeah oh you and I, right. would, I would they'd be like, Dude, sir, you have uh, you're brilliant. Those an
0: animals with the human eyes, ish, like yeah. the, sort of like compassionate eyes. There was a yeah. squirrel or something. right, yeah. a fawn. So you drew it, exactly. sent it in,
3: sent it in, and uh, that was before I found out it was kind of a ripoff. But I mean, I just remember like I wanted to be a painter, yeah. an artist, or biology. You know, painter or biology, yeah, sure, animals. I like, yeah. memorized every amphibian. And oh yeah? every toad and frog. You still remember and... them? Yeah, I know it's not in Michigan because yeah. they used to put out these regional. <laughs> yeah, things. yeah, yeah. I know that we don't have bullfrogs; we have green frogs. Oh, good, good. Which was uh, uh, a, a so, little sadness.
0: Sure, but in in the event that someone goes, "Look at that bullfrog," you are like green over. Nope, uh uh-uh. yep. And then you have an argument, maybe you get hit.
3: I would argue you down. Sure, sure. Because for um, what was it, show and tell? Uh huh. I would get up there with this book and just lecture the class on uh-huh. why we don't have. F- pacific spotted sure lake turtles yeah. in michigan because so you,
0: you like know. you like the research of it right, <laughs> right? like i saw some uh, map of rats yesterday <laughs> but, oh. you know you get the you get the the norway rat
3: <laughs> yes. and
0: then you get and then you get tree rats and they're like you know all,
3: tree rats dude no I think they are called tree rats. Ah, they are. That's what freaked me out. They're here. The yes. <laughs> that's that metal band around the palm trees. I was like, is that for the homeless children so they don't climb?
0: <laughs> climb up for a coconut? Yeah, exactly. No, they, date? Had... they want a
3: date? They have nests of rats in trees? Mm-hmm. No, thank you.
0: Now, apparently, that's the ones we got here. No, thank you. Yeah. So, you didn't go into biology. You didn't go into painting. Uh, it was too painting. hard. Biology yeah, is required. Your dad probably well. He probably had something to say about biology. He had to do all that shit.
3: Well, I remember he goes. So you know, he left. He's out there, and so I was oh, like, you know, just, it was college time. College yeah, time. And so like, was he talking like,
2: hey man? No, he's uh, like,
3: uh, I assume that uh, <laughs> you're the profundence of. Uh, Thoughts and feel. I mean, that's how he talked to me, and I'd be like, "What?" He's like, <laughs> "You know very well what my musings mean." And I'm like, "Musing's? What the <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> so he, yeah, he sent me like this yeah. application yeah. for U University of California Berkeley's Chemistry Department, and I'm like, "Are you insane? Yeah. Do you know I've been doing acid for the last four years? I can't do this, you know." So I just went on to Michigan. <laughs> you were an acid guy. Ah, yes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah? Mescaline, THC. More than I care to. In high school, yeah, started about fifteen, forty window pane.
0: Really? That so that was the good shit. So well,
3: yeah, that was. I've never been that high ever in my life. What was
0: that like? The so what year was that? Seventy.
3: I'm gonna say seventy one. Yeah,
0: oh, something so, like that. So it had trickled into the mainstream. Like acid was uh, around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got it. You know, yeah. Same
3: thing as like give Billy. You know, your five dollars. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that was, you went out there, huh?
3: Uh, I did, man. And it was, I'll put it like this. It was like, it took me 12 hours to realize I was in a room with no ceiling that was on fire. Yeah. So that's how high I was. What, was, was it really on fire? No, it was my mom's living room. <laughs> like, what are you nuts? And my mom followed me around. It, this is... You're not I, supposed you, to trip with your mom. <laughs> exactly. Well, that was never the plan. My friends <laughs> dropped me off on the front lawn and my mom found me at like three in the morning playing with the dog like... See, there's no connection. Oh my god. <laughs> you know so she was worried. She was yeah, a single sure, mom and sure, sure. and uh, her son's on acid playing yeah, with the dog. Just, yeah, talking about Jimi Hendrix or yeah. whatever, you know. Oh, but you got to
0: like yeah, it's so nice to like I envy that you were cognizant and engaged in in the world when that shit was happening, like by six, yeah. in sixty eight seventy two, I was was nine, so I'd see pictures. I saw Mad Magazine, but like yeah. you were like a few years older, so you are like I I got the record, man.
3: Well, my brother actually saw Hendrix. I never saw him, but there's a very oh, that's why right, you got the older brother with the shit. There's a story that is needs to be told. I've never actually I wrote it down because yeah. I actually did a research and stuff to go back and ask, but this time that my brother told me that, you know, Hendrix had come to Detroit and I m- must've just turned 13 yeah. and he went, he wouldn't take me. Yeah. And he met Hendrix. You come know, on. You know? Yeah. 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 And Hendrix, they went to his dressing room and he brought him on stage. This was a myth in my family. And for years, I just thought my brother told me this to rub it in, you know, and he I never like he made believed it up. Him. Yeah. I always thought I never yeah. really believed him. And, uh, just a couple of years ago, he told me how he got this email from his friend, Michael, who yeah. had gone with him that night. And he read me the email and I'm in the car and my eyes well up. Cause it was like, I remember all the cool stuff we did. It's so great to connect with you. Remember that night with Hendrix and how he talked to us? And it was all you man. Like, it, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, Oh my God. My brother was a Hobbit!" Yeah. <laughs> you know, like really, like <laughs> he, he, met the dwarf king yeah and so i just was like oh my god i never <laughs> believed it i still get goosebumps <laughs> and so it was just a bonding thing like oh my gosh he wasn't lying oh my like, where's your brother at he's living in S- daily city yeah living in daily city he moved to w- with my dad oh, it by your dad yeah And he never came back i mean he just stayed in the bay area and uh what's he do uh he is retired Uh he he took care of my mom until the very end she Uh. lived 95 and a half wow and he did the dirty work. Oh, he did. Oh, my God. F. daily. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, I was, acting, I was like, you know, I can take it, man. Yeah. But I'm busy. I, you know, I'm doing a lot of things, man. <laughs> ding I got Thursday to Sunday. So, you know. <laughs> so, I send him money and stuff. But right? yeah. he is going to heaven. I mean, not <laughs> yeah. trust me. Yeah so he's chilling i mean that's nice and your yeah, sister's yeah, yeah. still around she's living still in detroit and oh yeah i'm the you know youngest so here we Well, are. and you're all close I'm closer to my brother. Yeah, but if you have brothers and sisters, it goes weird. There was a point when it goes I was... in and out. Exactly, I was closer to my sister when she moved near me when I was in New York, like in '75. What
0: do you... I think that has something to do with the fact that like me and my brother are close, but like mm-hmm. when it gets too close and yeah. and and they they you know you know them inside and out, they know you inside and out, yeah. and if they're fucking up and they don't want to cop to it, then it yeah. gets a little trippy, right? You're yes. like, you know, yes. what's going on with you? I'm all
3: right. Yeah, it's like, dude, get the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one time, my brother goes, he goes, you're know, like, yeah, my nephew's 21 or whatever. He's like, I mean, you know, he's acting crazy. And I'm like, what is, what, like, what? Give me an example, man. You know, talk to me. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, he's like, like, I'm crazy. You know, he's saying, like, I'm crazy, but it's not me. I know it's him. I'm like, well, get, what, what does the surgeon say? Well, I was saying, you know, he's 19, 20, whatever. We can sit, watch porn together. I was like, time out. Time out. <laughs> time out. <laughs> Um, see that's inappropriate. Hey. Why? We're both young adults, and I'm like, I never want to watch porn with my dad. Okay, and he's like, okay, <laughs> like I guess you're crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, dude. So you know, there's those things where sometimes yeah. you have to, you know, drop the hammer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what? What led you to da- the acting, man? Um, how did that happen? Well, you know, I dropped out of school. I went to Michigan and Michigan State no University. come on man University of Michigan that's a good one right that's the good one yeah not a good one yeah in Michigan that's the school so yeah went there dropped out my freshman year I always played really shitty guitar oh yeah always yeah tons of songs really bad still play I do yeah I do badly I mean now I have all the guitars of my dreams like every other (laughs) I try not to get I
0: get I try to get them for free and I don't go crazy I did spend some money on some amps
3: yeah, I've done all that. Yeah, uh,
0: got a little money. You're like I'm buying them all. Right. I'd like the Marshall.
3: Yeah, of course. I never. I never. Did, did you buy a uh, Hendrix Strat? No, because I always thought that was sac- sacrilegious. Oh, yeah. I can't play like Hendrix, man. Right. Man, I mean.
0: So what's your guitar?
3: Right now, I'm into Les Pauls. And yeah, I was me too. Very late. To
0: me the too. Game. Me to Gibson's late. I was always wow. a Fender guy, mm-hmm. and now Absolutely. I got a couple of Gibsons, and I'm like, holy shit, these are magic uh yeah
3: they really are i mean yeah. they, that guitar can do everything oh yeah
0: yeah what what which last fall you got
3: i have a, a well what happened was you know my one of my first guitars was like a 73 les paul deluxe yeah the gold top no it was a cherry red uh-huh you, you could buy it like three hundred dollars yeah you know and I, I customized it and all this sure. it was stolen like uh-huh. every <laughs> yeah, guitar yeah. ever
0: yeah so i, I I'd lend mine and then they disappear Like, I know who had them and where they went, (sighs) no. but then you can't get them back. No, it usually
3: went like, David, David, did Tommy's mom tell you to call me? Yeah, mom, what's going on? All right, I just don't want you to be upset. Mom, what's going on? Son, sit down. And um, I was like, mom, what happened? Well, I came home from school and I asked you to put the dishes in the sink. I was like, mom, what? She goes, there's been a break in. (laughs) Like right. oh my god, Mom, go in my closet and look. Well, I have to put the groceries down. Uh-huh. You know she's there, and I'll call you back. Uh, there's no guitar. Yeah, so the guitar was stolen. Uh huh. She gave me money. And yeah, I bought another one. That's when I bought the Les Paul. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to replace that guitar. Right, nostalgia. And I started looking around and playing. And I'd also had a big theft. You know, here in California, I had a bunch of very valuable. Vintage guitars that were stolen. Yeah, and I just was done. I'm yeah. done with old crusty. Yeah, vintage. Yeah. I just want something that sounds good. Yeah, and I can replace. Sure. Yeah, so. I think I
0: never got into that. Like I got some amps that are kind of classic, but I won't do the. I can't collect it. I got a lot of guitars, but I try to talk them out of the guys. Yeah. Like hell, talk about them on the thing. I'll play them on the show. Yeah, I play them on the show. You give me, and I'll do the thing. And, and it takes a couple of years, and eventually they yes. relent. And they
3: give Motorcycles that. I did that with. But yeah. the guitars, I just, you know, most of my life, trading albums, selling albums, like in the 70s. I'm still when doing I was in, that. Well, that was my currency. I mean, when I was in college, I lived above a used record shop. So whenever I was out of money, I would just go and trade uh, albums. Because that yeah. was instant cast. The same with guitars. I always... Uh, bought yeah. really great vintage guitars when i was broke i would sell them or you know do whatever i never hock them i just sold them and it was like okay why? you back into records i have a core not currently but i got into comedy albums like the old like yeah. black comedy albums, sure you know, the best you yeah know, blue yeah. fly and, yeah and red fox and, the party and, records yeah yeah those are great uh, yeah yeah so that was probably my last run
0: yeah why yeah, I'm just like, I'm just back into it. I'm in the rabbit hole with the records. Hey man, yeah, get it.
3: So all right, so you drop out of Michigan? Yeah, so I went to New York. I was reading Cream magazine, Sure, and Soho Weekly, Village Voice, and right then was the punk scene. I was like the Ramones and Patti Smith and all those. Seventy two, seventy three, yeah, seventy four. Uh huh. And I just felt like if I don't go at this moment, then I'm going to miss it, and also. I looked upon it, of course, I didn't tell my mom this, yeah. but this is my year abroad.
2: Yeah, New sure. York. <clears throat>
3: so I just took my money, and just, yeah. what, what really, I took the tuition money, and moved to New York City, you know, the Lower East Side, 75. Yeah. I lived there for a year. Oh, yeah. And at that time is when I started hanging out with actors in New York, and I figured this is what I can do with my life. Because I really said, look, you, you you suck at guitar. What's the best? You know, you get an album, <laughs> yeah. a bald spot. <laughs> And you're fucked. You're fucked yeah, in like nine years. Yeah. You're pot belly. You know, do acting. You can get old doing <laughs> really, it. Really? You thought that you were yes. you're thinking the long term? Yeah, because I was already jaded. I mean, I was already, you know, by the 70s, all those groups, I'd seen everybody and Led Zeppelin, all that stuff. And yeah.
0: But on some level, it's sort of like what you said about your old man and about like, uh, you know, getting into a business.
3: Yes, yes That you could yes. call your own. Just,
0: but you yeah. at least acknowledged your talent to some degree. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if I had talent yet.
0: So you're hanging out with actors and what do you how do you proceed?
3: Um Here's what happened. I'm yeah. going to tell you this. So w- I worked at this, the Haagen-Dazs ice cream store. It was on 86th Street.
0: Like the original one or something? Like-
3: no, but back at that time. In the 70s? haagen Yes. Yeah. Haagen-Dazs, you could only, there were only two stores right. in the world. yeah. You could, this guy who owned these two stores that you could walk in yeah. and get a cone. Back then, haagen ice cream was like exotic. Yeah, sure. You know, and people would line up and yeah. you would scoop until you had carpal tunnel. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I was doing. Yeah. A guy comes in and i was tired i was tired it was the end of the night and he asked me something i got up on the counter and i did this whole routine and i jumped down the guy was like i'm gonna tell you something (laughs) you are an actor (laughs) and you are wasting your life now you don't know who i am
2: Mm -hmm.
3: you know i'm not some pervert i'm gonna give you this card this is an agent you need to go and call this person and uh, it's your life, but this is what I feel you were destined to do. This really happened. Yeah. So I said, okay, and that's what started it. That's what started it. You called the guy? Yes, I went to this agent and they were legitimate and they were saying, like, look, you really need some training. I mean, yeah. you got to get into scene study. And so then I applied to the neighborhood playhouse. Uh huh. Sanford Meisner. Sanford Meisner, right. Sat there and interviewed me. But, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, some old white guy. He yeah, right. weird, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And he interviewed me. Like, we talked for like over an hour. And he said, you know what? I like you a lot. I'll yeah. let you in. But then I had to raise like the money to go there. My mother would never pay for it. So that led me to go back to Michigan start acting there, and then move back to New York. I mean, it just seemed like the logical thing. You went back to school? Yes. And I said, because then I can, you know, I knew that my I would have the support of my family. Right. My friends As long as were you were there. in college and they could think, exactly. like, he won't stick with this. Yes, that was it. Because yeah. I never majored in acting. Right. I majored in journalism. She's like, well, okay, I'm a Negro reporter. That's <laughs> acceptable. By the way, David, <laughs> something's happened. What, mom? We had another break in. What? there were like five (laughs) break-ins when I was in there like every week (laughs) another guitar oh they took everything they yeah. so you finished Michigan yeah I I, I finished Michigan and at that point you know I was majoring in in journalism but but you're
0: acting like in the stage troupe thing in everything in college or outside of college oh okay
3: we formed our own theater company uh i was full on it yeah. was like
0: this is what i'm gonna do but not training really just yeah doing it. i mean
3: i was studying acting that's where really i took classes i just couldn't major major right in it. at and, the school uh, yes mm-hmm. and uh then i applied to yale got in My holy roommate shit. who's reggie kathy people know because he's pretty pretty well known i guess yeah I mean, um we both got in yeah And then I went from Yale, it was like... That was two years at Yale
0: or four? Three. Three Three years at Yale. So that was, and that's the preeminent acting program at that time
3: meryl streep went there like juilliard and yale was it yeah i applied to juilliard and they're like no thank you sir
0: but yale was big right so it's huge man so you had to do the whole thing you had to do movement you had to do dance you had to do swordsmanship yeah fencing fencing,
3: ballroom alexander (laughs) technique (laughs) we did we didn't do ballroom but we did do yeah some phonetics we had phonetics and we had it was like you know the mgm you know but you were Sports, who was in okay. your class were there people people that went there with me around yeah. that you know rock dutton i met there yeah um kate burton jane Kasmerick, jane kaczmarek john taturo, you know some people like that you know
0: him yes we all were in school there yeah oh, he like he like that's that's sort of that must have been amazing it was amazing. It you was know, amazing. Because there's like, if you go to Yale, that's all you're
3: doing because New Haven's a shithole. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it was like going to school in Detroit, really. <laughs> yeah. But on the serious side, because it was only all about art. That's all we did twenty four right. seven, and you didn't have the pressure of your career. Right? Didn't have the pressure of well, you were just in this, you know, Strindberg one act. How yeah. is that going to affect your TVQ? No, we were just doing the work. Well, at that in
0: those years, that you know, a career was not the focus. Like no. they, they didn't, be, you know, there wasn't as many options. It was a long shot, mm-hmm. and you got into it to do theater. Like, you know oh, yeah
3: so I was bought in I was just cult thing So you doing you
0: were doing all you were doing Shrimberg you were doing Shakespeare all of it you, all of it <laughs> and I
3: I in particular for some reason I did like 33 productions in 3 years I mean a million and all different kind of stuff it really changed my life and we would do you know we I started doing comedy like we would do I think we did this uh, evening of comedy you know at at, yeah uh, yes yes that in the cabaret and I would sing and I still wrote songs and I would go to New York and do workshops or, or but at that point those people I knew like one of the guys I guess that I met while they're like Steve Forbert yeah who, be, who became kind of the cool singer for a yeah yeah
0: yeah I remember we him. were all we would all do open mics yeah. you know,
3: that kind of stuff but and, anyway, that's And what you were I mean.
0: doing singing or doing stand up.
3: No, I never did stand up when I was in New York. I was I was a musician. How right. dare you? A did musician and actor. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and then I tried comedy, which was, you know, what? Nothing. I lived around the block from the catch. Catch a rising star in the 70s. Well, that was actually I moved after I graduated I moved back to New York, yeah. and that was my apartment. And yeah, you know, that's where I met Chris Rock. I mean, a bunch of people. Late seventies, <clears throat> yes, eighty actually. 80. 81. Yeah, 81.
0: So you graduate Yale, mm-hmm. having done like you know everything from you know Shakespeare to David Rabe to Beckett everything. to yeah. yeah, and then w- your first couple, you get movies pretty quick, right?
3: No, I mean my first job was to star in a musical on Broadway about Jackie Robinson, the first African American. Ball player. Now, yeah. here's how it went down. Like, you know, my my mom. What was came, it called? It was called the first. Yeah. And on my graduation, and my dad came, and this was the f- one time where yeah. he was speechless. Oh understand? yeah, that's good. Like he's walking around and, after the show. No, this is the graduation okay. day. Oh, okay. And At he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, how did you do this? <laughs> like he was so disconnected. He was like, you know, so you want to join the circus? When did this start? <laughs> And I was like, uh, well, it's a passion. And he was totally blown away. you know. Uh-huh. And I just was like, God, please. Yeah. Please give me one job. I will become a male hustler. Please just <laughs> let them feel I like, have something. Well, and but, like magic.
0: But, but he was impressed, though.
3: Fuck yeah, he was speechless. (laughs) And I went, oh my God, it was just a great feeling. When you got the
0: job and you could tell him.
3: Well, no, first of all, that day. And I literally made that prayer. I said, please give me one job. I'll be unemployed for 10 years just to shut them up. And I got this role. It was the star in this musical. Plus it was like acting, you know, it was about black people, white people, you know i sang songs like mama i can play that game son it's not your time you know that kind of stuff i can climb that tree you know that kind of stuff (laughs) and so my dad came everybody came and i was like thank thank you yeah and my mom freaked the fuck out (laughs) she would she just went nuts Mm -hmm. I mean like that's my son and you know it was cool I mean it's cool if you've had that moment I know not everybody does but it was sometimes it takes a
0: long time if at all for them to realize like no I guess he's doing something
3: I always hated you yeah (laughs) but I mean I got that So it really was but I'll tell you one time like so when we closed you know we only ran for three weeks we closed and my world wasn't ready I don't know. It just yeah, yeah. Man, it just flopped. Yeah. It just flopped. Real good-hearted. I mean, you know, at that time, people would come from Brooklyn. Sure, it was all about the Dodgers. Yeah, they, would they sit remember. There and they would cry. I mean, the the scrim, our uh, curtain, uh-huh. was the old fence from Ebbets Field. They recreated it. What was the audience? Was it was it mixed or was it, it was papered? Is right
2: <laughs> it was
3: because I remember one of the last performances again, <laughs> me in the clouds. I go. I think we're gonna make it, you know. like, look, the, the the it's almost a full house, and like the stage manager goes, "Kid, that's you." And I go, "Yeah, but, yeah, but w- w- come on." He goes, the, "The audience is papered." I said, "What does papered mean?" There's Jackie now, and I had to run on stage, and I'm like, "Oh God,
2: now we know."
3: But uh, it was amazing. It was like I was on cloud. No, it must have been so exciting to be on a big
0: stage, and who cares if it's papered? I mean, no, to be on Broadway—that was yeah. the
3: end. Literally for that period, everything I could have dreamt in my life came true. Yeah, and the last day when we were yeah. closing, I had never gone through this, and I—I I remember I got in a cab and I yeah. said, "Take me around the park," and the guy rode me around the park and I yeah. just like bawled like a kid, you know, uh-huh. it's like, it's, and I come into the theater and everyone's crying. Everyone, like these are old, hardened crew members yeah. weeping, yeah. you know, and it just, because they were killed
0: attached to the show, they thought it was a great. Yeah, show. they
3: believe. I mean, it was a sweet show. It was a very New York show. Yeah, and it was because what really what the play was about. If there's a great documentary about the Dodgers, because yeah. this was a time in New York where they got it right, you know, and and Ebbets Field, this cross section of Brooklyn, these are baseball players who lived in the community because mm-hmm. they didn't make that much money. Yeah, when they were not uh, training. They worked at like the appliance shop, right? Or at a car dealership. Yeah. Uh, So they were in the community, and uh, it was a very special time. Yeah. So it was it was great. I think you should revise it. I, only if I can play him now. Yeah. There's young Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> you come like, I, I'm like, I'm a little older. <laughs> well, I'm kind of stiff, boys. You know, I've been married three times. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> He's 22. If Jackie had lived. <laughs> but, you know. How long I, did he live? Uh, it, uh, he. Li- uh, t- sadly, once he. Retired, it's like his body fell apart. I mean, oh. he developed diabetes. which oh, so right. He died in his 50s. Really, oh. so, But the uh, the connection was that most African Americans who excelled yeah. like during that period, kind of like my dad, you had to be super ep- exceptional. I mean, yeah. Jackie Robinson got a letter, lettered in like three different sports. Right. He could have become an Olympic athlete. Right. A baseball player, a football player, you know, basketball player, anything.
0: Well, that's interesting. You yeah. couldn't coast. You couldn't, you know, take anything for granted because yeah. you had to, you know, not only make the cut, you had to be above it.
3: Man, yeah. So you, you no one could like, argue it. Uh uh-uh. uh. You had to be like, I'm going to take these white people and let them alone. <laughs> you right. couldn't be like, uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. People. And then when did the movie start? Well, after the musical you know i was nominated for a tony that year which was you know it brought me into the the community the world you know, the yeah. acting professional yeah. acting i did a show called soldiers play at the negro ensemble and we all i think my first film was streamers with robert altman
0: that's heavy man yeah
3: man it was that was again it was like it's a
0: heavy play are you kidding me god damn
3: i'll tell you like david rabe right i i met him at this place where yeah we I used to hang out and I go, hey, man, David, it's me, David Allen Greer. I'm a young Negro actor yeah. and I'm going to be in your play, but we're doing a movie. I mean, he goes, I know. I'm like, okay. It's right. kind of a weird attitude. I'm, like, I'm so excited. He said, you better not fuck it up. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go sit over here now. <laughs> he scared the shit out of me. But I saw him afterwards and he liked it. So yeah. that was good. There's some
0: heavy monologues in that play. Hey, man.
3: And Robert Altman, man, yeah. come on. It was, again, it was just...
0: That was that period where Altman was shooting those plays. Like yes. When you come back to the Five and Dime, Streamers, and he did, uh, there was another Super one. Super
3: 16 is what it was called and of course people laughed at him you know because i remember i would go into like real big movies and they'd be like i see you did streamers (laughs) really oh yeah i remember this one well-known director he goes yeah (laughs) you shoot on that super 16 all right go ahead and read yeah you know what was all been like at that point he was so great i mean he taught me about movie making yeah because first of all the dailies yeah that's all the footage you shot that day yeah um The director and everybody they have to watch everything to choose the takes yeah and it was a completely open process you know uh that's where altman was he said look i'm not gonna hide anything from you i encourage you actors to come and see this work because he wanted us to buy into the process yeah i want you to care about what we're doing you're gonna learn
0: right so the next day you're like hey we know what's up exactly and maybe i should
3: tone it down
0: yeah right all right
3: all that. And yeah. so uh we went. We went every night. It was, there was there's like a little bar in the back and we would all watch and and I learned so much on that movie wow and so he did what didn't over direct yeah i mean he told me several times he's like you know my biggest job is casting so one of the things when we auditioned is we would read through the whole play which is at his apartment he had this place on central park and he would switch people out but i mean you stay there you read the whole first act or the whole entire play yeah and that's i never have since had a audition process right like that, you know?
0: well I I, I talked to a lot of directors and it turns out like a lot of them you know it's really like I cast you do what do what I hired you to do
3: yes <laughs> I already believe in you yeah exactly you know. <laughs> But uh, so so it was great. It was uh, a real great learning process. Also, it demystified it because before that film, I didn't know how you got a film. I was like, well, maybe I'm not doing it right. Yeah. You know, maybe I need to. You know, act film acting is different because this is what we were always told. You know? Yeah.
0: Well, there's a lot of stops and starts. You can't get a groove going yeah. really. Action
3: cut. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lunch lunch. yeah. That's lunch. Yeah. You know. But uh, so I, I didn't know the process, and it was really great.
0: And you went from there to Soldier Story. Yeah. That that was another that was uh Jewison, was it Norman, Norman Jewison? And Jewison? And 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 that was I remember that movie. That that movie is, is a devastating movie.
3: It is. I mean I'd been in the play and uh It was called The
0: Soldier's Play at that time.
3: Or? Yes. Yeah. And you know Sam Jackson was in there. Oh really? But his role was cut out of the movie, you uh-huh. know. And um and for, for like a few years, because I was rolling, you know, Denzel Washington, who was a friend, we were all like, it's like, poor Sam, you think he'll ever get it together? I don't know. He's <laughs> really tall and weird. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> he, and like, he did all right. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> I mean, he just blew the fuck up. I mean, that's,
0: that's right. Him. Denzel was in that too. Yep. You know, the Washington. two I get confused. What's the other one? The Civil War well, one. all the black people. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean yeah. Glory? Yeah. yeah, yeah well, he was yeah. great in Glory. Oh, man. Oh, oh look, this is another... So I read for Glory. Yeah. But at the time, the guys who directed it, the guy yeah. who directed it also had 30 something on uh-huh. the air, uh-huh. which I loved. And right. I was like, listen, I don't really want to play a slave. Yeah. But I'd love to do 30 something. That's what really- <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I was like, yeah, David, you're playing J Bo. All right. Go. <laughs> I was like, you can, I got to. <laughs> you are like, thank you for coming in. And I get in the car like, I think I really got his ear on the 30-something. Yeah, again, I was wrong. And you got to play J-Bo on 30-something. No, I didn't. Yes, of course. I got nothing is what I got. I got the call where your agents go, what happened today? I go, but I think it was pretty good. <laughs> But the, the the fascinating thing about
0: like your career is that all whatever you did as an actor like leading up to it, you have a very sort of varied actor's career. I mean, you've done fucking everything. But I mean,
3: you, I always wanted to do it like that.
0: Yeah, but it's amazing because not everybody gets to do it like that. You've never stopped mm-hmm. working, and you know that you took true, opportunities bro. where you could. And the the opportunity that makes you is like you're already three or four or five movies into whatever mm-hmm. when In Living Color happens, right? Wow. But, Dig,
3: that year that, you know, we had done, uh, I'm going to get you sucker. Yeah. Now, first of all, I got to roll With back. the weigh-ins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, when I did uh, Soldier's Story, yeah. I shared a honey wagon or, you know, like yeah. a little dressing room yeah. with Robert Townsend. Yeah. Robert Townsend would do these routines. And I'm like, this is the funniest dude I have ever seen in my life. And yeah. he would go, and I'd be like, is this your act? And I remember said, watching him
0: on stage at the comedy store.
3: Yeah. The improv. And yeah. he said, but Robert would go, he'd go, no, that's my act. That's my boy's act, Damon. He was doing Mo Money. He would do he would do a sprinkle of Keenan stuff. And I'm like, oh, who are these people? Yeah. And I need to meet them. So he mm-hmm. introduced me to the Wayans. And I would hang out in comedy clubs with them. Once I yeah. moved out that's what i did every night. so
0: interesting those two guys as comedians because like when i was a doorman at the comedy store in like mm-hmm. 80 wh- whatever the fuck it was 87 like damon had not broke huge so he was still doing stand-up and it was un- like one <laughs> i would sit there in the main room doing the door and like uh, I said, well, are you going to do the, that thing tonight? He's like, no, tonight's going to be jazz set.
3: Hey, and man. He, <laughs> hey. Him and, him, and, him and Jim Carrey would talk about, do you remember that time I, I got in the piano and I stayed there for an hour and a half? And I was like, that must have been uncomfortable. <laughs> What? I don't get it. Where was the punchline?
0: <laughs> right? It didn't Could matter. people hear you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were like, "No, David <laughs> Keenan was just straight up stand up. Yes, totally like did, and, right. and Damon was like out there.
3: Well, Keenan,
0: Keenan was like,
3: "Hear the jokes." He was in when we were doing Soldier Story. Uh, he, Keenan was in the centerfold of Right On magazine, uh-huh. you know, with a shirt, <laughs> yeah. no, shirt on. right like, hey, right, ladies, yeah. what's up, yeah. you know, <laughs> laying this dick on all of y'all. And I was like, fuck, man, that's huge. Yeah, I remember we saw him on The Tonight Show uh-huh. in our motel in Arkansas, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I remember the bit. He would do this bit like how the last person that got on the train Subway train as the, as the doors closed, it was like watching a baby being born, and he would physically do it. It was hilarious, and I'm like, "This guy's a genius too." There's something
2: in their family. <laughs> yeah. So,
3: long story short, I would hang out with those guys, yeah. and it was just by osmosis. They said, "Look, you have to get on stage if you're going to be here," and it was more like a dare. Yeah. So you know, I just started uh, for fun. Yeah, doing spots and at that, the improv. No, I I chose uh, the Laugh Factory because. It was a black hole. Nobody. I remember that it was like a hallway. Yes, it was, nobody it was,
0: would go in next there. to that old Chinese restaurant that mm-hmm. closed. It was like I remember that because I was at the doorman at the comedy store in the mid '80s. And you go to the Laugh Factory, and it's just like you'd walk in the door and you were in the room. Yes. And in order to go to the bathroom, you had to walk down the right side oh. to that door, and the oh, yeah. guy would be on stage right there. Oh, and, yeah. and anytime you went there, Paul Mooney was on stage. Well, you're and, exactly and, right. And Fraser Smith. It was you're Fraser Smith exactly exactly right. and Paul Mooney.
3: <laughs> you're exactly right. And Paul Mooney, this is when Paul Mooney was firing. Sure brilliant
0: yeah
3: i just felt like i could work out at the laugh yeah i always hated the comedy store i was always intimidated hated the improv yeah
0: too much Uh, pressure it was too much yeah Yeah, it
3: was too much and um so that's where i started yeah and from there i I remember standing in line i'd done the pilot to in living color so you could only do it once a month so the next month in living color had come on and i'd done like do what once a month like the open mic, whatever their policy was at that time. you, oh, you had to mic. follow the policy? Yeah, because I wasn't
0: anybody. Yeah, right. I was just the policy. The factory, like Jamie Masada, who was working the register.
3: Yes. and you, the door. Yeah, Nobody, walk, no, 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 yeah, no. When you walked
0: in, you're just this mean Israeli
3: dude. Oh, yeah. yeah he would be like, you just here last week. No, brother, no, brother. And I'm like, what, what are you it's kidding like, me? There's like 40 seats in the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I remember the WANs, all yeah. those guys, when I would do spots, they would, yeah. I have it on tape. Yeah, Do it again you primi- too long with the premise, man. Come on. They yeah. were would like, tell me this. While you were on stage? While I'm trying to do these bits. And my bits were one-act plays. Yeah, Because okay, sure. that's where I came. Yeah. As the gentleman entered the bar. he's like, shut up. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, the deal was I come back a month later. Yeah. In Living Color was on my three national commercials. And these homeless comedians were like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> he did one spot. And this guy blew up. And I never... I could never bring myself to say, look, dude, I had a career, okay, yeah. I, you know, so that's what they thought. That's
0: interesting because, like, com- comedians, it's sort of like, they their trajectory is what it is, you know, you yes. hammer it out, then you get the break on The Tonight Show, then mm. maybe you get a deal to do a show, here, you're you're at Yale, you're doing Jackie Robinson, you did movies, you did TV shows, you got commercials, you went the whole other way, and then you show up in the comedy land, mm-hmm. and they're like, who the fuck is this guy oh. to get this shit? Yeah. The guy's an open micer. Yeah, right.
3: Uh. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I remember I did a spot at the comedy store, and they were like, "This dude's funny." Yeah. They grabbed Mitzi. Yeah. They said, "Do they brought me to the main one to do that?" Well, she was back there, and like one of my big jokes was like, "Detroit police, bang freeze," and she goes, "That's Mike Binder's joke. He's from Detroit. You stole it." And I was like, "Mike, who?" He's like you're a thief, but uh-huh. she said keep working yeah. and uh, come back. You know, you're a thief, but I like you. No, she said, you know that that's that's his joke, but she she was encouraging. But I, that room was it was too much.
0: The original room, the little yes, one. Yes, yeah. yes, it's heavy, uh, dude. It is. It's it, it, it. Like it takes a while to get comfortable there, and if you never get comfortable there, you'll never be comfortable there. Like yeah, you I could mean, go, let you go in there tonight and feel that shit.
3: I probably could. I mean, I performed there several times. Yeah. you know back in that period they were they said come by anytime that just wasn't my room as a comic you know what i mean yeah that just wasn't the place where i could laugh factory was that place
0: right it's a little Uh, it's a little looser there you feel like it's a like you got less to lose for some reason
3: i could just stretch out yeah and you know back in the day we would do like i remember we'd get i'd get in a car rent a wreck
0: yeah i'd do as
3: many spots as i could four or five spots
0: uh, in I, prepare in preparing for a living color
3: ish. No, or just to this was it? just
0: because once I got into all it, right, you, you got to prove yourself. Right, it was yeah. just
3: obsessive, and I would record every set, and yeah. they all sound the same. Yeah. One people I would kill, one on audience, yeah. the next, same energy, same, yeah. it was just crickets. Yeah. And finally, I just stopped recording myself because it taught me nothing. It yeah, I, just...
0: I, I record and then I don't listen. That's my game.
3: Well, yeah, I would be like, guys, have you ever eaten popcorn? And you know, the on Cheese Doodles, the dust gets on your fingers. Yeah. I'm like, you suck! Yeah. You know, yeah. And like the next, <laughs> they're like screaming, hollering. And I'm like, why? I don't know
0: why. Yeah, Yeah. You, <laughs> you can't figure out the magic. No. So then how did the show come to be? Um, was it it was on the
3: air before you started on no, it no no we done uh you were I'm there at the beginning you, right yeah uh, we yeah. done i'm gonna get you sucker and you know when eddie murphy first popped. wait is that
0: i'm gonna get you sucker. is that roberts or the wayans movie it, it was is,
3: supposed to be both of them what but, was roberts first movie called uh, the one with the credit
0: hollywood shuffle oh, okay that's it okay okay got yeah, it hollywood yeah, 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 shuffle. yeah
3: so i'd come out to do a pilot i did this show for the charles brothers nbc um, it was called All Is Forgiven, yeah. like in '86 or something. Right. First television show, uh, anyway, in Living Color, everyone talked about doing we should do someone should do a black SNL, yeah, they should do a black Saturday Night Live, right? Eddie Murphy talked about doing it, never came to fruition. So Keenan just took up the mantle, he is the first one to actually do it, like he got. This opportunity, and he said, We're gonna do the sketch show. Yeah. And he called me up and he said, I want people to know how funny you are. You know, yeah. because he'd seen me yeah. from the very be- And right. hanging out with those guys. Robert at that time was my best friend. We hung out with each other all night. How's every he doing night. now? I don't talk to him. Mm. But the point is, I, don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen him in I haven't a long time. Seen him either. I don't know where he is, but I yeah. know he and Keenan are still oh, good. tight. But so that was what it was. He said uh, I think you should do this. And it was in a year where I must have auditioned for 30 pilots. Uh huh and after years of trying to control the narrative meaning yeah. you know stephen boschka was doing a singing basement yeah. i can guarantee you david much like the <laughs> deaf theater's production of othello yeah. this is going to kill yeah and i'm like wow you know i just did in living color for fun because yeah. my friends were in it yeah they weren't they didn't pay us any money that yeah. first year my agents did not want me to do it yeah so i turned it down yeah and Kim Wayans called me. I moved back to New York in my old apartment, and she called me, and she talked me down. She said, you've got to come back out. You have to do this show. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. And I listened to her. That's why. And
0: it did. It
3: absolutely did.
0: There's a lot of episodes, dude. A lot of characters. A lot of... And you're everybody looked like they were having so much fucking fun, and oh. there's some weird shit going on.
3: Well, I remember... We had this long table. So we'd come in in the morning, and we'd have breakfast. And we were comics. We were young. We didn't give a shit. Mm -hmm. And it was all about making each other laugh. So that was where I saw Fire Marshal Bill. That's where half the characters came there and yeah. if you made each other laugh like by the second or third day you'd be like mark you got to do that good. you yeah. got to do the radio guy you yeah, have yeah. to do it yeah. and you're like okay <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's how it happened it was very organic there was no i think i know what our audience 15 right. to 20. No, you didn't have any executive heat on you no and and it's to keenan's credit that yeah. we were protected uh we never felt that pressure he just said do whatever you want and then, you know, it was like, you know, you can't do the talking butthole or whatever. Yeah. They would just say, you know, within parameters, and we just go and do it. I mean, and he encouraged us. He said, <laughs> don't wait for the writers. Yeah. You yeah. guys have to write for yourself. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> is he serious? You know, but it was. And then you, awesome.
0: I guess you, you probably made a, built alliances with certain cast members that you worked better with. Like well, you and Damon did a lot.
3: Yeah. But, you know, Damon, Um, I remember he came to the dressing room early on. He said, look, man. Because uh, he was a writer, also, yeah. and he wrote with me. He wrote Calhoun Tubbs. He said, "Look, you need a character, David." And I was like, "Yeah, but you know, doing announcing and and bit parts in other people's uh, sketches is working out." He's like, "No, you have to have a signature character." Yeah. So I told him about this guitar guy. Yeah, like I told you, I loved playing guitar, yeah. and we wrote it right in the dressing room. He says, "Cool, put this on." And I was Calhoun Tubbs, yeah, and that's what started, you know, started it rolling, and right? Because I, I never wanted to be. That's not my nature. I never wanted to be on an SNL thing because basically you're crabs in a barrel. Yeah. You know, I've hosted it twice. And if you don't get, there is so much pressure. If you don't get on as a writer, they're going to fucking fire me. Yeah, I need you. You know, when you come in as a guest host, there's a guy in the back office. He's like, please do this avocado sketch, man. <laughs> I got kids. Yeah, man, it is a death sentence. And you're like, yo, man, that shit's not funny. I'm yeah. sorry, I can't. And he's like, oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. So I didn't want to be in that situation. But in right. living color, wasn't that right? There was competition, sure, but it was healthy.
0: Exactly. Uh, it was, it was he's healthy. Made, he made everyone made each other better. Theoretically, yes. well, yeah. Well, I mean, yes. if you didn't have the heat and the pressure from the outside, oh, it from was the-
3: brutal too. It was brutal. I mean, because we would laugh. Yeah. We, nothing made us happier. Yeah. Than when someone sketch bombed. Of Jim course, that's, that's the
0: comics laugh. Oh, of course, the, the laugh, you, the, the
3: singular laugh at the back of the room. you. Go, ah. Or, well, the way is no one has a more obnoxious laugh than them. If you've oh, ever right. been. <laughs> I'm like no one laughs like
0: that. It was just an acknowledgement. It was punctuating your failure. Yeah, it was doing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah I know yeah. that one.
2: Yeah.
3: So Jim did. It was called the. What was it called? The diplomat or something. And he played. You know, this overwrought French diplomat with this big mustache. Yeah. And I, you know, me and Tommy, I mean, we're, we're in the sketch. We get killed, and yeah. we're behind the furniture, and we can feel driplets of sweat hitting us. I mean, yeah. we look up. Jim's just like fucking sweating. <laughs> the audience is like, "What the fuck is this?" And we were crying. <laughs> We were crying. I mean, our bodies are like, like I am the diplomat. You no, know, nothing. Nothing but crickets. We fucking loved it. It's oh, the best. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. You don't see enough of that anymore. No. The camaraderie of enjoying the failure. Yes. When you die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's become, I don't know what happened to that, but back in the day in comedy clubs, you'd see people losing their shit. Yeah. On stage.
3: Well, I'll tell you what happened is the dude from Seifeld, man. I mean, you record that. Yeah. You know, I guess reasons. that well, that's true. That's true, but like, there's still
0: like, it's weird. Like, yeah, if you're at a certain celebrity status where mm-hmm. people know that this is going to be something, like, you know, I'm still under the radar, and you know, there's plenty of us who are still under the radar where there's not like, oh, I'm going to get him. He shouldn't be saying that. Right. You know, it, but you're right. It, there is a a, a constant uh, sort it's of pre- predatory now. surveillance, a predatory gotcha. tabloid yeah. surveillance.
3: Yeah, like when Trace Tracy Morgan. Ugh. Got, you know all the controversy about his yeah. jokes yeah. And, and the homophobic stuff. I was like, have you heard the rest of his act? <laughs> I mean like and then finally I think someone reviewed it on the to, in the Times. Yeah. You know, when he came back and they're like, yes, this was offensive, so was everything. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Like, yeah. That's what he does. Yeah, and, but and also comedy clubs it used to be like yes, I remember when Chris Rock, yeah, Chris Rock was trying new jokes. Add in like uh, at the Comedy Cellar and he got reviewed in the Times. It's like fuck that come on man
0: it's right that, that used to be our place that's it. back when I you know, when I first got back to LA no one was going to the comedy store it was just dark hole yeah. and you're, and part of me was sort of like good now right. I can just go get some shit done you know right. take some chances but now I like, loved your bit about
3: fucking and eating the baby that was brilliant <laughs> What? <laughs> shut you down <laughs> Yeah. why aren't you doing that anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <wait. laughs> this, this is a comic moment yeah yeah I was at the uh, Montreal and I run into kevin hart you know it's 2010 this is before kevin hart became big Be- became big, big, big. the king of the universe exactly yeah, he yeah. said man what's going on Dave?" i was like "Man, i i'm going through a divorce divorce he said man sit down everybody's going through divorce he said how you doing i said i'm good now i don't want my ex-wife to die but i do want her to get cancer the pussy. and he <laughs> fell out he was like you have got to talk about that on stage i'm like what are you nuts i have a daughter <laughs> She's gonna fucking sue me. What do you? No, I can't talk about that on stage. You know. And he didn't do it. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't look my daughter. And I, Why did you talk about mommy's <laughs> vagina? Daddy <laughs> was angry. It was a joke. It was yeah, a joke. Was, you got to learn sometimes jokes don't. Yeah, they be do, do look at they... you like what? How old is she? She's nine. Oh, okay. And still, I remember I showed her something that was really funny to yeah, me. Yeah, she just yeah. looked at it like, like what are you why? nuts?
0: Just they, they take it literally. Yeah, yeah. She just doesn't get it. Right. right. she's she not will. supposed to. She will. Well,
3: hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> but, you know, like I performed a few months ago in San Francisco and the the local comics yeah. Always some of the best intelligent, most insightful comics. You know, yeah. these guys, I didn't know them, but it, it they were so paranoid that every joke was an explanation of why it's not racist you know i got on the bus and there are two black guys but i mean good looking and and, and yeah. they can do anything seriously i'm, I'm no, no 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 wait 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 no yeah and it was like dude just tell the joke <laughs> they were like you don't know what it's like i'm like i guess not <laughs> call me old school <laughs> yeah it, it's different It's just different but the thing that fascinated
0: me and, and it was that you know you you always work you do everything that an actor does but also a comic actor you have a lot of range and it's beautiful and you're working with uh, Gerard now and he's like yes. he's great and that character is like yeah. you, you know you it's a rare fucking thing and congratulations not only to have such a a a, a a a kind of nonstop career but then to age into a role that you can own at your age what a fucking gift
3: you know. Uh I met Gerard in Montreal. Yeah, and uh, I don't. He's know.
0: shiny. Yes, he's, he's very, very shiny. shiny.
3: Very. He doesn't sweat. He's just. Classy.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he's human. He's I don't know. <laughs>
3: well, he's a different kind of Negro. Yes, he is. A different kind of Negro. Yeah. Anyway, my, my but my thing is, I want to be funny today. Yeah, I want to be funny right now. And I still love it. Yeah. I mean, I still love the performing. Feels good,
0: right? Oh, fuck yeah. If I he, didn't know
3: people would want to hear from me now. And most of them don't.
0: That's not true. But they just don't know that they do.
3: <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's it. I mean, I want to be the older actor that I wanted to work with when I was younger. You know what I mean? Not the dude who comes in like, listen, kid, you're, you're going to suck cock if you want right, me. Right. That's what you got to do. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah. No, I want to be that. Yeah, guy. And you can start now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I want to be that guy there were some older actors who still had life and yeah. belief and believed in the art and the craft. That's what I want to be. But, but, but I also
0: think the fact that like you can't stop yourself from getting on a mic or getting on a stage or taking a gig like you know you did a lot of work with Corolla. You went through mm-hmm. a lot of pain and trouble with divorces in a very candid format mm. and, and ultimately what happens is as some guy who is a too much information guy is people get to know you too well and you know and, and that's not a bad thing because you help a lot of people when you do that but i think that you know the idea that people don't want to hear from you is the only thing that they know you pretty fucking well i didn't count on that i didn't count i know on but that. like you know mm-hmm. you're gonna get on radio and you're gonna do if you're gonna do love line and corolla they're gonna count. they're gonna we got a live one here he's well, he's, he's man, broken well, I, and he's had a, had a wide to wide open <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you know what man i remember i was in a, i was in dean and deluca yeah A couple things. First of all,
0: down on uh, on uh,
3: back when it was, uh, it's still there. West Prince,
0: yeah, West Broadway, whatever.
3: I got to go back when. In Living Color was canceled. Yeah, I really thought at that time, okay, I have about eighteen months where I can headline clubs and and venues. Then that's going to go away, and then I just have to, you know, go on with my career because there was no internet, no YouTube, no none of that. I couldn't picture this the technological ability to put press a button and and collect all the favorite sketches you had so i didn't see the longevity of this was not
0: part of your job description no i I didn't
3: i didn't think it would be like this but you had it you knew how you from
0: seeing other people do it you knew you had a window if you played it right which i did but i didn't
3: think at this point people would still be talking about in living color i just didn't see it jim carrey saw it yeah because he said from the beginning he said what we're doing is history and I was like what are you nuts
0: yeah it's TV what exactly. do you mean history Yeah,
3: this, this is not history he saw that I mean yeah. I didn't see that uh, so here but, we are
0: but no but, but, but the beautiful thing is is you're doing this character you you know out, after everything you put out in the world you've got this great character on a great uh, sitcom with a creative guys and then you do, and now you got this gig. I don't know what this game show is, but I think at the end here, we should pay some lip service to it because it ostensibly. Is
3: a money maker. Let me tell you something. No, I know, but I like, like I was going to
0: tell you the premise, though. Oh. I like the premise.
3: It is. It's uh, basically you just, uh, it relies on your prejudices.
0: Right. I, I think it's an interesting idea because I'm in here every fucking day with guys like you and whoever, like, you know, celebrities, and I think I know something. Right. And I'm always fucking wrong. And it's sort of fascinating to me how we judge people. Yeah. Does it, does, does the, does the show pay any, uh, does it do any service to that? I mean, is there something yeah. socially relevant about the show or is no. it ju- it's okay. just
3: for fun. It's for fun. No, we don't sit there. There's no PBS moment. Your dad's not there going, I understand. <laughs> exactly. <What> oh, wow. <laughs> I'll put it like this. My dad was still alive when I did Dancing with. You know, dance yeah. with the stars. And so I got eliminated. My father, yeah. he wrote me uh, an email. He said, uh, shall I mobilize the troops? Is it because you're just too good looking and you have a Yale <laughs> education that these bastards are jealous of you? It's like, no, not really, Dad, thanks. <laughs> Yeah, it was, but it was very sweet. In <laughs> yeah. these moments, I was like, "My dad loves me," yeah, you know, yeah, and he twisted yeah. in a twisted, inappropriate way, but yeah. he loves me.
0: Well, no, it's nice when you can see through when they get to that yes. point where they get past their competitiveness mm-hmm. and their and their own dumb pride. Yeah, to, to you know, the, when you have
3: certain type of father, you got to find those moments of weakness right. where you are like, "Oh, he likes me." Well, you have to read way right. between the lines. And by the way, that email was not a joke. Right, he wasn't being funny. This is when you lost. Yes, oh, he yeah. wasn't being funny. He was, I mean, he was he, absolutely. Absolutely
0: serious. Yeah, he was coming to your defense. So I yes. fuck them. Yeah.
3: Clearly, this is another <laughs> another example. Boba, the white man has denied <laughs> my son. You know, and I was like, mm, pipe down, Dad. <laughs> yeah.
0: But anyway, oh, well, good. Well, man, I you know it was great talking to you, and it was a lot of fun. I big
3: fan of the show. Oh, thank you, Uh Judd Apatow. I've yeah. listened to that interview like three or four times. Yeah, Judd used to hang around in Living Color. Oh, 19, I'm
2: sure
0: yeah yeah
3: and he'd like try and yeah. give jokes to he, you. sure he, he sat there going like
0: Jim. I'm gonna be the biggest thing in Hollywood
3: comedy <laughs> <laughs> well I finally did a Judd Apatow movie I did the big sick oh yeah know? just I talked to I saw that you were great that was great
0: well it's a very small role. yeah but but it's an important role well, the club our, owner is the important role. The coked up club, the coked up club owner or club manager. Oh, he's maybe. not the owner. He's the club manager, right? right. Oh, who does dude. stand up?
3: Yeah, who? Ne- Isn't that in every club? Mm-hmm. Like the dude who mm-hmm. is there that no one thinks is funny, right? But they know yeah, they he need controls
0: him. Yeah, everything. Sure. You know, that that whole system has gotten a little uh, exhausted, you know, because you can sort of circumvent it now. Yeah. The, the one guy in the town that's deciding whether or not you get on stage. Yeah. Uh, but they still exist.
3: Well, that... Anyway, Emily and
0: Gordon... And you know what? They're the biggest fucking criminals. They are the fucking monsters. Well, they've been
3: hacked by Russia.
0: Oh, so. Well, everybody has. But
3: Emily Gordon, she was a writer. Yeah, she's great. On the Carmichael show. She told me she was doing a movie. I was like, great, you're a little movie. I'll do it. She's like, okay. So that's how it came about. I didn't know. Did you was. like the movie when you watched it? Of course. It was it's, awesome, it's, man. It's, you know
0: what's awesome about it is it's like you you watch it and you're like, there's no way this was made up. You know, and it's so rare to see something translated like that. Like a very unique love story that Dude. it- the this darkness is, of it is so real.
3: The only thing they didn't capture is that. Yeah. So Emily is one of the happiest people I've ever met. Yeah. Like so joyous that I stopped her. This is how the conversation started. Why are you so fucking happy? And she goes, because everybody should be, because it's an amazing day. And I'm like, no, really, cut the bullshit. Yeah. Why? And she told me the story. Well, you know, I almost died. And I'm like, you're lying. And she goes, no, I wrote a book about it and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah. And we wrote a script about it. And I'm like,
2: What? Yeah.
3: You know? And I was like, knee jerk. Yeah, I'll do it. She goes, really? I said, yeah, I'll do anything. So that's what happened.
0: It's great. Yeah. It's great.
3: Congratulations to them.
0: You're a busy man and it's good. I gotta go to work. You do? Where are you going?
3: I'm going back home. Yeah? To just chill. Do you live nearby? i do not now f- i have questions yeah i live in the hollywood <laughs> hills but what is this neighborhood
0: highland park highland you'll get park. back easy well, you you not so you can go to the 134 or something come yeah, on but the back is it glendale no oh, you're close it's sort of between pasadena and glendale highland park this
3: is a hip little pocket yeah. here yeah it's I mean,
0: a nice little uh a nice little uh uh shtetl of hipsters
3: how long have you been here
0: I've been here since two thousand and four. Wow! And uh, it was—you know—it's—it's it's a nice little neighborhood. I, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about the neighborhood. I was driving a guy around who was looking to rent a house, mm-hmm. and I saw this house for sale. And I had a little deal money. I'd never bought a house before. I'm wow. like, that one seems good. And when I first moved here, and I was driving to him back and forth in the comedy store, I'm like,
3: where the fuck do I live? <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Yeah. But now no, it's, it's like, nice, fuck it. man. Yeah, like, I
0: like it. It's great, man. I'm glad we talked. Absolutely. Funny guy, definitely paid his dues, definitely deserves all the work he gets and works a lot. David Allen Greer, it was very nice having him here. You can always go to WTFPod.com for all your WTFPod needs. Seems a lot of people don't check there before they uh, tell me to have a guest on. WTFPod.com slash podcast will get you a search bar where you can search all 800 and however many episodes. All right? You dig it? I believe I may be talking to Vice President Al Gore next week. That should be exciting and harrowing and uh scary but informative. Hopefully infused with a bit of hope. Should we play some guitar? I'm set up. Everything's clean. Some like nice stuff, not too crazy. Probably something I've done before. Why not? Why not do it? Why not? Why not?